there are people who eat ribs from the top down. Well, I'm not taking. Yeah, you eat the I'm meat not, from the top. The I'm bone. not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> all right, look. You've got your moon crescent. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Do these people eat eat, eat burgers from you're the top mis- down too? You're misconstruing my. my <laughs> kiss my ass. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of That Reload Podcast. Today, we are talking ribs. If you want to cook ribs, we're going to tell you how to do it in several different ways to eat them, cook them. I'm getting redundant, but still, if you want to learn about ribs, that's what we're talking about today. I'm with the entire crew. I am your host, Joel. I have across from me our resident cook, Mr. Jeremy, the Kitchen White Law. Yo, yo, Buffalo. Sit next to him is our producer and pit master, the tickler himself. Mr. Matt Farr. Levels, levels. And the backbone of the show, the sweet and sassy, but sometimes salty, Miss Stacy. Hey, guys. So we're talking about ribs. We, uh, a lot of ways cook ribs, a lot of ways eat ribs. But before we do that, let's catch up a little bit. What have you guys been up to? Let's talk about Matt's shirt. I was going to say exactly <laughs> that. I feel like we need to make this as like some sort of like podcast merch or something. Sure. I was just telling Jeremy, I think we should at least print it on some koozies. So when, when I have did, a shirt on. It just says levels, comma, levels. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> I said the same thing at the same time. Like It's literally perfect. It's awesome. Did you have that made yeah. or did you just find it? I found it. I saw it. It was like I was scrolling through Twitter one day and it showed it to me. It was like the weirdest thing. I, I was like, I, I have to buy this. There's no, there's no your option phone other than to, to buy this. Somebody yeah, heard I, our podcast. I'm sure there's some weird privacy stuff or whatever, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hopped on it as soon as I saw it. Somebody heard our podcast and then they stole it. The idea I made, uh, made shirts out of it. Levels, levels. Levels, levels. That's it. Yeah. I think Matt was the first one to ever use that, right? <laughs> ever. Yeah. He was. He coined so, it. He coined the whole phrase. That's right. Speaking of fresh, let's talk about some fresh freaking ribs. Um, all kinds of different types of ribs, guys. We got baby back. We got spare. St. Louis. Um, let's all talk about the the difference between the two for people that don't know, like Spencer Kirksey, like, you know, people like that that don't know anything. I think we should probably take a step back real quick. Uh, okay. We're talking about pork ribs tonight. Uh, we're not talking about beef ribs or any other animal. So pork ribs are, are what we're ta- talking about tonight, right? Correct. Yes, pork, pork ribs. Yep. Yes, sir. Cook resident. Which cook, beef sir. ribs eventually would be something nice to talk about. Yeah. You got plate ribs, back ribs. Yeah. I got, a, I got some plate ribs in the freezer right now from Haltman family meats. So uh, we'll have to, maybe we'll get together there and cook those uh, all together someday. Yes. That would be fantastic. But let me ask you guys this. What do you enjoy more pork ribs or beef ribs? Pork ribs. They're the everyday eater. I just, you know, I, I like a, a beef rib every once in a while, but it just doesn't do it for me like pork ribs do. It's, I don't know, maybe it's the texture. I mean, that's good. Don't get me wrong, but the texture is kind of roast beefy, you know, and it's yeah. super well, salty. Well, like last week, uh, Lou was talking about, he had them when we had Lou on the podcast about, I think Matt, you said it, it's like a brisket on a stick. Yeah. Yeah. And beef ribs are just so rich. Like there's so much marbling and fat in them. It's tough to eat a bunch of it. Whereas if I've got like a rack of baby backs, I'm pulling bones and slamming the whole rack. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't do that with beef ribs. No, and that's, that's very true. I think the savory, savory level that y'all are talking about is the reason why you can't do that. And it is, it's like brisket on a stick. You know, you're, it's Mm -hmm. 
becomes to me it's a little too much at that. But anyways. So how do you like? More how ribs. do you really describe the difference in the styles of ribs when you're at the store and buying them? As the cook for the show, would you like me to go into it? Please. Why, why yes. That's a great segue, Jeremy. <laughs> Thanks for biting. <laughs> Absolutely. Didn't you work as a butcher or something at one point? I mean, this makes sense to me. Yes. <laughs> no. Anyways. In Connecticut. Um, <laughs> it was a dairy uh, farm. That's what it was. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> we killed a few things. Um, so your, your baby backs and spare ribs are the two types of ribs you have on a pig. Uh, the baby backs come from further up on the back, closer to where like the tenderloin would be, which is a lot of really quality meat back there. But then the spare ribs come from the side and the bottom where the bacon would be on the cow or on the pig. We're talking about pigs here. So where the bacon would be, that's where the spare ribs would kind of fall down. So that's kind of the difference. One is closer to the bacon. Uh, the other one is closer to like the tenderloin and like the pork chops. Okay. Now, back that up, because I don't know if I heard that or not. St. Louis ribs. St. Louis is is a particular preparation of spare ribs. I right. see. So St. Louis-style spare ribs means that they have been trimmed of the flat meat, and then the end, the, 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 the little nub ribs on the on each end have been cut off so that the uh, the rack looks like a perfect rectangle for like competition and stuff. Um, some grocery stores sell them that way, and that's fine. Uh, but for backyard cooking, home cooking and stuff, um, it, it doesn't really matter. So for, for the listeners here, spare ribs and St. Louis ribs are from the same section of the animal, uh, mm-hmm. just prepared or trimmed differently. Just trimmed a little bit, yeah. I guess. Shout out to Costco because you get two choices there. You get St. Louis or you get baby back. Yeah, they do not have untrimmed spare ribs there, which if you've never had untrimmed spare ribs, uh, they're really good. Um, They're a lot more gangly looking because they're a lot longer. They don't have that flat meat uh, cut off them, but you can barbecue them that way and it doesn't burn up or anything. It's the same thickness. So it's just a little bit of a different experience. All right. Well, speaking of that preparation, let's roll into that real quick. Well, I, I have a question. I want right. to know, like Matt and Jeremy, I know your answer, but, and, and we can talk about it, but what's your favorite? Like you're going to the store, you're cooking for some people. Are you picking up the baby back ribs or are you picking up some St. Louis style? Matt? My, my personal preference is back ribs always. Uh, I just, I think that it's, Sometimes on spare ribs, you get kind of a fatty bite, mm-hmm. and you don't get that as often in back ribs, in my experience. It's also super easy to get, uh, and we'll get into this later, I'm sure, but I like a very tender rib. Uh, so, I don't know. I just, I prefer back ribs. Is, uh, does Stacey totally steamroll into your rapid fire later, Jeremy? No. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> um, if you joined in in our, our our group chat, Joel, you would know that we uh, we I already like discussed this. I like a surprise. Uh, hey, <laughs> well, I'm gonna say um, I prefer the baby back ribs myself too. For one, like you said, they're tender. I felt like the St. Louis ribs have more of like a chewy bite to them, and I've noticed yep. any any time that we have cooked the baby back ribs, like they are way meatier, like so much more meat on them. In my opinion. Well, it's because they've been trimmed. Jeremy's staring at us. Is he frozen or is he just like No, no, no. no. I, I, I'm just waiting for you all to answer so I can steamroll over your answer. Go for it. Go. Go, Jeremy. No, go. Joel, 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 what's yours? What's yours? No, I like baby backs. I like baby backs. Baby, I, so all three of you are baby backs. Correct. Obviously, you are not. I am not. I am a spare rib guy. And I'll put it this way. Would you rather have bacon or pork belly or a pork chop? Well, okay. No, we're talking about. Uh, 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 yeah, there we go. No, yep. wait, wait. Uh, we're saying St. Louis versus back baby backs. So are you spare yes. rib or are you St. Louis? 
They're the same thing. Well, no, one's trimmed more. So one has a little more meat than the other. Eh? No, the outside is trimmed more. The rib is still the same thing. Oh. Well, yeah. well it made me look stupid there. <laughs> Just a little bit, but hey, <laughs> it wouldn't be that Reload podcast if we weren't doing it. Ah, there we go. Um, so you said pork chop versus pork belly? Yeah. So th- that's kind of what you're looking at. So if you like back ribs, like if you ever had a bone in pork chop, that's a baby back rib that's attached to it. Sure. But like, uh, you can actually get, um, spare ribs with the pork belly still attached to them. Uh, it's really difficult to find. You kind of have to go to a whole animal butcher and, and get them that way. But what you're looking at is, is like the fattiness that Matt was talking about. That's bacon fat that's on there. That's what that is. Um, so my personal favorite are the spare ribs. So it could have a lot to do with preparation though, and method of cooking as to why we may prefer the baby back. Yeah. So like when you're at the store and stuff and you're looking at your ribs, like, like, you know, they're usually like uh vac sealed and clear packages. If you can see the bone coming through the meat, that's called a shiner. And it means that the butcher did a really bad job. It, like in the case of spare ribs, they were more concerned about getting the, getting the pork belly off because bacon's very expensive and they didn't really give a shit about the ribs. And so you're getting really crappy ribs. We've had that. And, the, and the same thing can be true of the, uh, of the back ribs they, they, they can take too much off because they're more concerned about getting those pork chops off there than they are about the ribs. So it can be, you can have good and bad experiences with both. Mm-hmm. You know, we've definitely seen that before. I have a question, Jeremy. So, you know, a lot about ribs, obviously. So and you're over what, there Googling stuff. I can see it in your glasses. I'm, I'm Googling so fast I, and I can't find it. So <laughs> I'm hoping maybe you can tell me why is it? So I, maybe this is just a common misconception. I always thought there was baby back ribs and then there was back ribs. And for whatever reason, I thought that for it to be a baby back rib, it had to come from a pig that was less than a certain age. Have you ever heard that before? Or do you have any knowledge of that? Okay, so I have not heard that before. But like, so take like sheep, for example. If you want to eat lamb, that is a sheep that is under one year of age. Mm -hmm. And then once it's over a year of age, then it's mutton if you eat it. Um, If it's over one year? Yeah. If it's over a year, it's mutton. It's not lamb. So all the lamb that we eat is under one year of age. So that has like a ring of truth to it, Matt. But I have never heard that about pigs before. That's okay. that's what I always thought it was. I mean, I'm not I'm, – I'm totally just pulling this out of my ass. But I thought it was a certain weight of pig that it came from. Well, I mean like you wouldn't – like pigs are an animal that you can grow to like a monstrous – Yes. You, you, you know, you can grow them monstrous. So, I mean, of course, like they're going to cap them out at a certain weight so that they're all roughly around the same size. Um, you know, otherwise you'd be going to the grocery store and like have a, a one pound rack of ribs and then like a 30 pound, you know, I mean, it could yes, be, it, it can get ribs. ridiculous. So I don't know, maybe if anybody uh, listening is a butcher or has any knowledge about that, hit us up on the TRP page at that reload podcast on Instagram and let us know, straighten us out. I wonder if, um, Misty, Seattle butcher's wife, if she might know. Yeah, or Mike from Haltman Family Meats. Yep. I know. Paging mm-hmm. Misty, paging Mike. All yeah. good questions. So, um, for, from my understanding, though, like baby back ribs is a moniker, kind of like St. Louis style ribs. Like it's not, it's not anything different. Yeah, it's not regulated like a prime or choice or something like that mm-hmm. would be in the meat packing industry, right? Yeah. And now like when you're picking out your, uh, your pork at the store and stuff, like take a look at those, uh, racks of ribs and you want to see a lot of, a lot of intramuscular fat and marbling on them, just like you would if you're looking for a good piece of beef. So my question is what are country style ribs? 
those are from further up, closer to the head, and they have um, really more cheap. meat attached to them. Hmm? Aren't, they're really cheap, too. They're a lot more affordable to buy. Pig in general is pretty affordable. Yeah. Um, but for, uh, from my understanding, it's like um, they're further up and they have a, a bit of the shoulder still attached to them, mm-hmm. uh, from my understanding, but don't quote me on that. I, I've, so I've got the Wikipedia fired up here. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be country true. Style, country style ribs are cut from the blade end of the loin close to the pork shoulder. They're meatier than other rib cuts, but they contain no rib bones. Yeah, that's there what you I was go. wondering. No bones. So like they thought a rib. So it's just rib meat. How's yeah. it rib meat it, if it's not on a damn rib? It's it. <laughs> It's like where the shoulder clod would be in a cow. Like there's lots of great meat there and stuff, but there's no ribs or anything like that. But but it, it comes from further up on that line. I don't like the definition of it, but I'll go with it. Well, well country people do some weird stuff. Like, That's true. What do you want to say? This is true. Well, let's take a break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about preparation and methods. So stick around. We got If you want to know how to prepare ribs, we're talking about that on the other side. guys so we are back and uh if you forgot we're still talking about ribs and right now we want to get into preparation preparation of the rib can make or break your rib so right now one of the things i want to talk about i'm talking about all you guys and it's a semi-controversial topic which is the membrane on the back of the ribs do you remove it or do you not remove it what's the controversy i have heard from many people uh that it's uh, the, no one can, they can't tell whether or not it makes a difference at all. You're cutting the rib anyways. Now, hang on. I'm not saying this is how I feel. Yeah, but, we always take it off. But I have, <laughs> did, did you meet these people while you were steak sauce shopping or something? No, like, come on. I mean, the- but no, I mean, think, <laughs> think about it. And I, you know, I know the terminology behind taking the membrane off because you want fats to, to rend, you know, to render out or whatnot. Um, but, at the same time, I've never cooked a rib with membrane on that I know of. So I so can't, that's I can't. exactly what I was going to say is I've never done it with the membrane on. So I don't really know. I need a side-by-side comparison to really be able to say one way or the other. Jeremy. Wait, ha- have you guys never been to like a barbecue spot where they left the membrane on? Because a lot of restaurants uh-huh. do to save time. No, I have not. You've never had that experience? I don't usually order, I don't ribs order ribs well, either. I've, I've had shitty ribs. Now, I don't know if the membrane was on those things or not, but. Yeah, so like uh, for people who don't know, like um, uh, spare ribs, St. Louis, uh, baby backs, whatever, they all have a membrane along the back of them. And it's essentially like a piece of silver skin, but even tougher than silver skin. It's completely inedible and it won't cook down. So you can pull it off beforehand. And uh, the advantage of that is that when you season the backside of the ribs, the seasoning actually goes into the meat. Because if you leave the membrane on, you might as well not even season the backside of the meat because it it, it won't touch the meat. But when you cut your ribs after you cook them, you take a bite out of them, and then your teeth are just going to slide along that hard uh, membrane that just cooked solid. And um, it's just a really unpleasant experience. Well, so devil's advocate on that is a lot of people don't eat ribs like that. You know, they eat ribs from the top down. You know, and the argument with that is, is that if you 
Um, if you're slicing the rib anyways, what does it matter if the membrane is on or off? That's the question. Wait, there are people who eat ribs from the top down? Well, I'm not taking yeah, the meat I'm on not, the top. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> all right, look. You've got your moon crust. Hold on. Do these people eat, eat, eat burgers from you're the top mis- down, too? You're misconstruing my, my <laughs> Kiss my ass. What I do. Hell. You're misconstruing my words. You got your crescent moon. There's your rib right there. I know. There's meat on top and on both the sides. I chew from the top. I don't mean, I don't stick the whole bone in and like suck the meat off. No. Of course like, you do, Joel. Oh. Like, uh, <laughs> Stop like it. Joshua Wiseman. <laughs> he did that. He I know did he that in this video. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. So, but. Well, my- let me talk about this, though, first. So, you know, we buy a lot of our ribs from Costco. And when we get the baby back ribs, <laughs> the membrane's already removed. Gone. For some reason, when we buy the St. Louis or the spare ribs the membrane's on and we have to remove that. So uh, one good sign. Yeah, it is. We and have, it, we have found that. And occasionally you'll get the baby backs where like one membrane will get missed. But the easiest way to tell is like you get that shiny, when you flip your ribs over meat side down on the counter, it's really, really shiny. And you see that coat. If yeah. It, when I first started cooking ribs, I would get um, super confused. Is the membrane there? Is it not there? And if the membrane is there, you're not going to, Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong. He uh, usually does. You're not going to see the rib meat underneath there. It's good. It's going to be, it's going to be covered up. If you can see the meat in between the bones, there is a very thin, um, I don't want, I don't know what to call it, clear, like, um, mm-hmm. membrane there. That's not the membrane. There's a word for it. I can't, I can't think of it right now but um if the membrane's on there you're gonna know it because you won't be able to see the rib meat if you can see rib meat you're just digging into the rib meat itself trying to get it off there you're good yeah this thing is hard as a rock like i mean you you can barely cut it with a knife it's It's extremely tough now i'll say um i get mostly spare ribs from costco stacy and i'd say it's about 50 50 mix sometimes they're pulled off sometimes they're not pulled off i think it has to do with like how that pig gets processed Mm -hmm. like um you know like what cuts are they going after and sometimes um they have to pull that membrane to get to another cut or something and sometimes they don't maybe it's more common with the back ribs when they're trying to get the um you know maybe when they're trying to get the tenderloins off the inside or something maybe it's more common to pull the uh, membranes there because you know the, the in the process there um but Either way, it shouldn't really make too much of a difference. So the takeaway on this is always check. Always turn them over and look for that membrane. If you have, to, if there is one on there, super simple. Get a butter knife or a spoon. Pry a corner of it up on one end, yeah. the largest end. There's a long end, and then it kind of tapers off to a tail. Get a paper towel because it's really slimy. Yeah, a paper towel hump. will really help with the grip. Yep, so it kind of helps you grip it and just pull it along close to the... Uh, the rack of the ribs and it just kind of, it just, it's very satisfying. It just peels right off. But I will say this, the fact that, uh, why you should always pull your membrane is that you, why you know- should always pull your membrane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, oh, um, <laughs> is that <laughs> go ahead and clip that Matt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that, uh, your ribs will not be as tender. If, if you really like, if you like really tender ribs, um, leaving that membrane on will make them drier um, than if you were to take it off. 
membrane. Well, we can get together and do a competition between each other, and uh, you can leave the membrane on your ribs if, if you want. So, <laughs> Stacy and I were talking earlier this week, and we actually have a good segment name for when we're going to do these comparisons in the future. We want to call it the shootout. So it'll be like the rib shootout, and we'll do like a rib with membrane on, rib with membrane off, and see how it goes. Jeremy, uh, do you have FOMO? Love Jeremy's it. like, they were talking without me. <laughs> 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 oh, man, this is how Joel feels 24-7. Yep, all the time. <laughs> yeah, shootout for our comparison type things, because we have a lot of things that we want to do. You know, like we were talking about the PK grill versus the Weber kettle. Um, yep. So yeah, this is definitely something we can do. So let's talk about, um, so obviously we're going to use a dry rub on our ribs. Um, but first, binder or no binder? I'm a real big, like, uh, just plain yellow mustard guy. Like, that's my favorite binder to use. I, I can't tell you that I think it makes any difference in the, the end product, but I think it helps with color. And uh, it oh. just makes that rub so tacky on there so i just use like plain french's yellow mustard on ribs so and then and then i season it i am team binder yep jeremy have, have you played with like different binders like worcestershire sauce or hot, hot sauce. sauces stuff like that i have done hot sauce before and i've done uh like an apple cider vinegar before mm. just because i used to spritz my ribs too uh with apple cider vinegar and i don't do that anymore but i just think that i don't know mustard's still my favorite yeah, I've used um, I used Hoff sauce before as a yeah. binder and like it had a really good flavor, but I think it hampered like the uh, the bark development on the ribs like it. It, did, it didn't firm up as much as I would have like they, they were a little soft on the outside, so I didn't really care for it. I would say eight times out of ten. I'm not using a binder, so wow. it can go both ways. So we don't generally we don't use a binder. We don't use a binder. Um, really? No. Mm, no, we just season them straight up and go to town. Now, we use a binder when we cook a pork butt, but when we're cooking ribs, we never use a binder. Mm -hmm. Straight up, double action, or magnum is going on those ribs. And they come out really good. I would think that maybe adding the mustard to it or spritzing it with the apple cider vinegar would open up the rib um, a little more and make it a little more tender. But I, based off the stuff that we cook... It's, I can barely get them off the grill anyways if I let them, you know, go too long. Yeah. I'm kind of wanting to try the binder method. Yeah, well, so we know we you, like it with the pork butt. The yellow mustard, it's really more about, like, the texture of it than the flavor. So it's kind of a thicker substance, right? It's got some, uh, some texture to it, yeah. so it doesn't just run off the ribs. And that's really what I like about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Like if you were to use a real thin hot sauce, a lot of it's going to, you know, ru run off into the tray or whatever it is that or you're using to season with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just seems like it grabs on almost like a glue. That's what I like about I it. I think it helps with the bark. Uh, you know, that's a tough one. I think like Jeremy said, it would be easy to get a soggy bark with it too. You know, if there was too much of the binder on, I think that you got to be careful to really just use a little bit and then spread it out. Uh, but I think that because it holds on to so much more of that rub, it probably does help with the bark in the long run. Well, because I know with the pork butt, when I've told people that I use that aren't big barbecuers that I use yellow mustard as a binder, they kind of go like, ugh, I hate mustard, but you don't taste no. that mustard. No, nope. and I'll say, so we've done, <laughs> I hate to keep going back to this because I know people are tired of hearing us about, uh, talk about it, but we've won Egg Fest two years in a row Boom. with pork butts that had yellow mustard used as the binder with double action on them. Mm -hmm. So I don't and think we would do that mustard. if you could get a super strong yellow mustard flavor in at the end. No way. 
All right, so let's talk dry rubs and seasoning. Are you guys, do you guys recommend putting it on there and then directly to the smoker? Or are you putting the seasoning on and letting it set a little bit, uh, either in the refrigerator or room temperature on the counter? Go! I'll let, I'll let mine sweat room temp on the counter for probably at least 15 minutes, but up to an hour. Something like ribs are a, uh, are a faster cook. Um, you know, uh, it could take between four and six hours to make it. It's not like you need 20 hours to make them. Uh, when I'm doing pork butts, I usually get up super early in the morning to do them. So I'll season them the night before and let them sit in the fridge all night. That That's way in the morning, I can just pop them in there. I don't know that it really affects flavor. It's just because I'm lazy in the morning. Um, but with ribs, um, I season them and put them right on, you know, however long it takes me to get the smoker set up and stuff. They kind of set there with the seasoning on them. Um, I've never, I've never found an advantage of, I have pre-seasoned them, but I've never found an advantage of that in flavor. So mine's less about like flavor and more just in my experience, if you let it set and kind of sweat on the rib itself, a lot less of it falls off while I'm putting it on the cooker. Ooh, So it's about keeping it stuck to the rib. Well, you're, Matt, you're also bringing that rib to room temperature, too, which is you're not putting a cold rib on, especially if you're somebody that preheats a smoker, you're not putting a cold rib on a hot smoker. Jeremy? So do you know how to develop a good smokering? Is that by spritzing it and opening it up? Open no, up it Salt. is the it's the hemoglobin in the blood that makes it red. Correct, Stacey? Uh, yeah, but I think they call it the myoglobin, actually. Whatever. Uh, with, with Nurse Stacy. <laughs> I think in meats they call it yeah. the myoglobin that makes it the red, but. Yeah. It, anyways, the globin. So that's what makes it red. So, <laughs> I could uh, be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm a human no. in healthcare, but not, I don't know about these, these pigs. You're good. So um, a, as you cook something, the hemoglobin will cook out of it and turn gray instead of red. So the idea is if you put really cold meat on a smoker, the uh, smoke will penetrate to a point where the hemoglobin stays red and then changes towards the inside of the meat. So the, so a little trick to get a good smokering is to use very cold meat on your smoker, um, put it into a hot smoker, and then as that smoke penetrates – um, that's that, that hemoglobin hemoglobin will be suspended in that outside layer. And that's what develops good smokering for you. Hmm. The, so one thing I like to do, cause I primarily use a pellet smoker, um, mm-hmm. as you know, do most of us here, um, or all of us, but we, uh, is I don't even preheat my smoker. I just put the meat in and I turn that jazz on because I like a lot of smoke flavor and i know when when especially a pellet smoker when it first starts there's some heavy smoke that comes up out of it and that i i have found that i get really good smoke rings off of that and it's not i'm not putting you know even if it's room temperature meat i'm not putting it on a hot grate it's not getting Mm -hmm. that cook it's it's gradually working its way up wait my pellet smoker has this button on it called super smoke and when you hit that it just makes it do that startup smoke the whole time so that's usually what i run it on i know that's like the ultimate cheat and i'll get crap for that but yeah i'm Screw with you it. who gives a shit i mean like I, <laughs> I, 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 hey if your ribs taste good and they're coming off good that's all that matters right that's, i mm-hmm. mean i like them yeah um one of my followers pointed this out to me joel that during that startup process, you're actually supposed to leave the front door open on the smoker, so all of that smoke can kind of can kind of pass through the smoker as it's uh, starting up. Just knock my drink over. Um, <laughs> anyway, what a uh, but you're supposed 
yeah, real professional here. Uh, but you're supposed to leave it open so that the uh, smoker has good airflow while it's starting up, and it's not supposed to trap all that smoke in there. I don't really do it, but that's like what you're supposed to do. Oh, really? Yeah, Go. we don't do that. I don't give a shit. Yeah. No, I think it's fine. It's um, when you're running on a pellet smoker, like we're talking about here, uh, Matt on his Traeger and us on our camp chefs. It's not like running on like a stick burner or a charcoal smoke where, where, where that first smoke is not the smoke you want. You want to get to that yeah. thin blue smoke. You, you're working with pellets. You're not working with whole logs of wood. I think that's the difference um, is, you know, the, the smoke we're dealing with with pellets is completely different than the heat and smoke you're getting off a stick burner. So mm-hmm. I think it's okay to do so in that, in that aspect. All right. So what pellets or what type of wood are you guys picking for your ribs? Well, the only person that's going to ha- give a damn is Matt in this whole <laughs> <Me>? situation. <'cause laughs> no, I give a huge damn here, actually. Oh, okay. Let's, what? Let's, let's, let's talk woods. Let's talk some wood. <laughs> talk. Joel's talking about tugging on his membrane. Let's talk about some wood. <laughs> Speaking of tugging on membrane. <laughs> so, I, I like I said on the last episode with Lou, Blues, and Barbecue, my favorite pellet blend for pork and, and probably chicken, too, is cherry, apple, and maple together. Oh. And so, um, you can actually find that. I, I'm... I, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. You can go to Walmart and get Pit Boss pellets. I don't care anything about Pit Boss stuff, but their pellets are cheap, and in my experience, they work really well. So there you go. They've got a fruit blend that's maple, apple, and cherry, and I love it. Wow, that sounds like a really awesome blend. So I'll say this is I cannot tell a difference in any pellet that I have used. I really can't. Um, now, back in the day when I used to use the chunk wood when I would smoke a pork mm-hmm. butt. The wood chips. The, no, the chunks, not the chips. Oh, okay. The oh, big, yeah, uh, the, the wood big, chunks. The big chunks. I loved using, like, if I'm doing uh, a pork, I want a good fruit wood. I like apple. I like cherry. And I, sometimes I, we would throw some pecan in there. And we actually would mix apple with hickory as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, now, when, back when we used chips, we would do that. We would do, like, two-thirds apple to one-third hickory. Um, and that tasted fantastic. And I could tell a difference then, but since I'm using pellets, I really can't tell a difference in flavor. So I'm in the same boat. So I use a ceramic cooker probably just as much as I use my pellet cooker. And on that one, I really like doing pecan and cherry. And I don't know, I seem to get a better color whenever I run cherry. I don't know if there's any science to that, but it really seems like it, it helps with bark development. And it really brings that like dark red mahogany type color to, to the bark. Which is kind of like your stigma anyways. It's like, ah, uh, yeah. So, Matt, do you <laughs> yeah. do you feel like you can tell the difference between brands of pellets when it comes to, like, a rib cook? Like, I, different you know, brands maybe that's a bring... good... Maybe we hold that for a future shootout segment. Yeah. But <laughs> the thing... The thing I'm looking for in pellets, and I know that's a little bit of a, a rabbit hole, but I just want something that burns clean and tastes good. So, and if I can get that for the least amount of money possible, that's where I'm at. So, um, whenever possible, I try to avoid cooking ribs on my pellet cooker. Um, it does an okay job, uh, but the best ribs, um, and I know we all have the same cooker, is on the pit barrel. Shout out pit barrel. Yeah. Those are phenomenal ribs. Um, it's not so much about the flavor of the wood. Um, it's the hanging method. They're hanging over charcoal and as the fat renders and drips and then turns into smoke and then just smothers the ribs the entire time in that it it develops a bark on them like that is unbelievable and just makes the, the best ribs you're, you're 
you're ever going to have. It not only does a really good bark, it, but it does it in half the time that you would be doing it if you were running a stick burner. You know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, uh, I think the last set I did, which we literally, like, I cut them up, we stood at the counter and ate the entire rack because, like, we were they were just that good. It was like two and a half hours. Damn. So when so, you when go ahead, Matt. Well, I'm gonna say, and so I've I've got a pit barrel and I love it. I've never done ribs in it. Oh, you have. And part of the reason for that is because I like a super super tender rib, like. I'm one of those guys who, if you can pull the bone cleanly out of it at the end, then I'm happy. And I've always, mm. and and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've always thought that because you're hanging that rib in the pit barrel, it's going to be impossible to get that because you don't have like the opportunity to wrap it and put all that stuff in the wrap with it. Yeah. So like what you're going to want to do is like just ride down to McDonald's, grab a McRib sandwich, <laughs> and you're probably going to be happier with that, you know? Um <laughs> No, I have accidentally let them go too long in the pit barrel and dropped a rack into the charcoal thing as I was pulling it out. They were that tender. Um, And then I just grabbed some long tongs and picked them up and brushed them off and still ate them anyway because they're fine. Um, Hashtag long tongs. Hashtag hashtag no cheek. (laughs) Um, But you can get extremely tender ribs before they're so – like I don't like a rib that's so tender that it just falls apart on you. If you that's what you're going for, just make some pulled pork. I, I like a little bite to it. In you fairness, like I love pulled pork too, so that kind of makes sense. <laughs> Maybe that's your thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of McRib, let's take a break, head down to McDonald's, get our own damn McRib. So when we come back on the other side, we can talk about the cooking methods and the finish. We'll see you guys on the other side. So we're back. Uh, we didn't actually go to McDonald's. Joel was just kidding about that. <laughs> so <laughs> I really something wasn't. I want to point out is that there has been all these YouTube videos getting posted lately by a lot of our favorite content creators. And it's like, for whatever reason, nobody seems to have a smoker at home. So they're trying to show all these ways to make ribs using a gas grill or using their oven or something like that. Jeremy, I know you and I have talked a ton about it, and there's been some really disappointing information that's been kind of uh, going out over the airwaves lately. So what do you think about some of that stuff? Yeah, Matt, thanks for throwing that to me from your standing desk. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> There's been two big YouTubers that have dropped videos uh, very recently. Uh, one of them is Joshua Wiseman. We're huge fans of his. And then Binging with Babish, who I'm sure everybody knows. He's also incredible. Um, Joshua Wiseman's video, um, you know, he's coming out of Texas. Uh, I think he's based out of Austin. Huge barbecue capital there. Uh, lots of pit masters. Lots of great resources there. His video was complete dog shit. Um, it was horrible. <laughs> Listen, uh, those, those ribs looked like brownies. No holds barred. Those yeah. ribs looked like freaking brownies when they came out. Very weird. Yeah. He, he recommends you boil your ribs inside of tinfoil in your oven, but then you use a cold smoker to make your barbecue sauce. It, it doesn't make any sense. And, um, so don't watch you that. Finish, you finish on a gas grill, which <laughs> if you have a gas grill available to you, why not just use that for the whole cook? That's what it, doesn't that make takes, any sense. 
And that takes us to the binging with Babish video. He did an incredible job for a guy in a brownstone in New York City with no barbecuers around, like no great resources for him to fall on. He did everything I would tell you to do or any of us would tell you to do if you were making ribs on a gas grill. He um, he uses a pouch with uh, wood chips in it for some smoke flavor. He tells you how to set up a two zone method, hot side and a cooler side so you can get those lower temperatures, which is what you want for rendering your. Your, uh, your fat inside your pork and stuff. That is an incredible video to watch. If all you have at your disposal is a gas grill, check out the Binging with Babish video. It's only a few weeks old. You can find it pretty quickly. I will say the Binging with Babish video is very informative, but mm-hmm. God almighty, did I want to just gouge my eyes and ears out. Not my eyes, because everything was good. That was like Ferris Bueller, like... Bueller. Oh, the monotone. Well, uh, we went from Joshua wait. Wiseman, who is like, <laughs> and you know, his face like gets zoomed in, and then he's got a giant butt. mouth. They do yeah. this guy has no spunk and then in his voice at all. And I'm just like, was, oh, I hate, I hated it because you know we're used to lick ladder over here, and it's like it's very like different levels, levels, so, and so you get the you get the ribs. So you're gonna take your ribs, and then you open them in the wood. wood, and then, then, then we get the grill, and we, and we heat the wood to grill up, and then. We're going to we're going to eat these ribs because they're fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Babish is very informative, and and you're counting that against him. Uh, that's good. I'm not uh, I'm not counting the if, no the, the video is fantastic. If you want to learn, it, that, that's he a has great, great videos. Great video. I will say with the Wiseman video, the one you all used to get your rocks off for on the bread. Um, on the, the bread. He's your bread god. That's like you guys love him for making bread. No, no, his sourdough is very uninformative. His yeah, br- his, his his burger buns are very good. You've had his burger buns. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's okay. It. I just I've heard y'all talking about it. Anyways. Hokkaido milk rolls. Hang on a second. Just rabbit hole Joel. He's got a story that he's gonna be bringing in right now. I know it's late in the game, but check us out. So we, me and Stacey, we Went to a barbecue and this guy swore by his ribs how great they were. And we get there, I'm like, oh, I can't wait, you know. He's got a pellet smoker and everything like that. So I was, I'm ready to throw down. And I get there and they've got the ribs in the oven wrapped in parchment paper. Um, so they seasoned them up, wrapped them in parchment paper, and then till they were basically at temp, then took them out and smoked them for about 20 minutes. And then we ate them. Worst ribs I've ever had. They were yeah. They it, they were dry. They were flavorless. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, dude, you're doing this backwards. If you want to finish them in your oven, I get it, fine. But you smoke first because once the meat cooks, it's not going to accept the the smoke like it should. Yep. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're just wasting smoke, Jeremy. Oh, that method is called en papillote, uh, wrapped in paper. It's a French method, and um, you use it for like poaching salmon and stuff, steaming stuff. Like, like boil. he literally just he, he steamed the ribs, is what he did. And I think um, they it, even are aware not, of that. No, it's no, not. No, they good. were aware of that. It's not. It's not that good. That's were, just their their way. <laughs> they have a lot of. Well, it was gross. I know. <laughs> well, it's America, and certain people can be wrong about things if they want to, <laughs> like yeah. seasoning a tomahawk on one side. Oh, oh yeah, God. and they have different. They have different <laughs> cooking practices too. I know they do, but I mean, I it just it's science. That is legit science. You, ribs are made to be smoked. Well, we need to throw a little bit more America at them. Well, mm, 
Okay. You need to go over there with a six pack of PBR and be like, look, I'm going to show you how to make some ribs. A, a six go. pack of PBR and a, a bottle of double action in both hands. <laughs> no, no, no. Double action in one hand, magnum in the other. Oh. Talking about rubs on ribs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of rubs, I want to hear it. Like, what is your go to rub for ribs? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, you have to say our If they say anything else, they're going to get their testicles kicked in. No, I want, no, I want honest, (laughs) I want honest opinions. And Jeremy's- So there's this, there's this rub called I think Uh, it's made by this little company called uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) She's out us. Have you heard this company called He has, um, um, like blueberry flavored rubs, um- No, no, no. I'm only doing that because they hate it. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course, double action. Double action is the go-to pork rub. Anything Uh, pork. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, but then here, go ahead, sorry. Oh, and then uh, another fan favorite of ours and everyone's would be Magnum on anything barbecue. It gives you a real Texas style coarse rub, a lot of salt, a lot of pepper, a lot of other great flavors in there. Uh, Absolutely fantastic on ribs. So I think that's the question with seasoning is if I'm going to, I've never cooked ribs before and I'm like, what kind of seasoning do I get? There's a hundred different barbecue blends out there, but I don't think people really even think about the Texas style version that Jeremy, you introduced us to with Magnum that, you know, we didn't even really think about putting that seasoning to work on. No, when we, when we created Magnum, ribs were not on the table for what we were you know, intending the uses to be. Now, of course, when you said that, I thought, okay. And of course, Jeremy had us over. Said oh. you got to try them. Yeah, you guys came over to my house. We were doing, we were filming some promo stuff for Magnum. It was before it even came out. Yeah. And I was like, well, we're going to Magnum everything today. We did a Magnum tomahawk. We did a Magnum ribs. We did Magnum French fries. Um, we put that stuff on everything. <laughs> and I and I legit, and I'm not saying that because we own the company. Like legit when I left your house, could not stop thinking about those ribs. And and to this day, that's our kids' favorite way of eating ribs. It's my, it's anybody that I put, um, the Magnum ribs next to. They go. A regular rib. Um, the Magnums go first. Mm-hmm. I think it's because they're different. Yeah. Like a lot of times when people do, uh, pork products, they, um, they pair it with something sweet. Like a lot of times you have like peaches with pork or different fruits and stuff like that. Or and chili. when you use, yeah, exactly. And so, but when you go Magnum, it, it really embraces the savory nature of it. Um, it really um, e- emphasizes like the fats and those flavors and it really gives it to you almost like with like a brisket or something, you know, it really um, highlights all of that. Yeah. Cause you've got like that savory, salty, peppery yeah. uh, blend on there and then you crack a cold one with it. Nice cold beer. We'll see. It's like the perfect, cold topo. We'll see. Ma- so perfect pair. Perf topo. So, <laughs> so Magnum has that really heavy, coarse uh um texture to it it's got onion cracked pepper it's got the kosher salt heavy flakes of garlic in it a little bit of chili flake it is is the texture is what one of my favorite parts about when i cook with magnum um on anything that i cook it on and the little crunchies kind of soften up on there (laughs) but flavor yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but there's something to be said about using that chili barbecue blend. So whether you're using our product or using someone else's, um, is there anything, I know this is really off the cuff here, but if you're looking at ingredients, is there anything you guys would suggest to somebody who maybe doesn't, um, isn't using 
reload rub and seasoning that they should look for in the ingredients list on seasoning. Go, Jeremy. Um, with double action, you guys use turbinado sugar. Is that correct? Yes. So I would say make sure you have something like turbinado sugar in there. A lot of cheaper sugars will burn during the cook time, and then it, it'll just have very off flavors to you, um, whereas you guys are using all premium ingredients, and that really shows in the final product. So check that ingredient label. If the first thing just says plain sugar, it's probably going to burn when you use it, and a lot of them are cutting – You know, a lot of those national brands are just – trying to make a quick buck and cutting corners and doing that. Yeah, because there's different melting points and stuff for different types of sugars like that. So the Terminato mm-hmm. sugar after testing was definitely the one that we wanted to go with. Um, yeah. But yeah. It won't go, it won't go sure. rancid over the cook. You know, and we use sea salt as well rather than just, you know. Well, iodized iodized salt. Salt, yeah. well when we created Double Action, that was one of the, th- especially when we started talking with a co-packer, that was one of the things we were really insistent on is that we wanted that terminado sugar because we wanted the high mm-hmm. melting point because and increase um well it makes and, the rub upgrade to sea salt versus the iodized table salt because you but know. it also it also makes the rub more versatile you know so instead of just being a barbecue low and slow seasoning you can use it on some hot and fast cooks steak because it's not you're not you still have a higher melting point higher flash point in that sugar than you did do with other other rubs but I will say this, um, if you guys had to choose, we're, even though we're, we're busting into method, I'm starting to dip into methods here, um, what is your favorite way to eat ribs? Is it going to be like a dry rib style, candied? Um, or are you saucing? Are you doing like a mop sauce? Come on. That's tough. That's tough, man. I mean, I like them just about any way I can get them. Uh, I have to say, if I'm just going to make them, I'm usually doing it. Uh, with the aluminum foil wrap, like a three, two, one with a, a wrap that's got brown sugar, honey, and uh, actually usually put some more double action in the wrap too. I don't know if you guys have ever tried that, but it's delicious. No, I haven't. Um, but a good dry rub rib is really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. So I think I think they're all good. I'll take them however I can get them. I am a huge fan of dry rub ribs, and uh, my favorite method, which um, probably because the pit barrel was my first smoker, um, so leaning into that method would just be to let them ride. Um, About 275 if you're using a pellet smoker, um, coat them heavily with whatever dry rub you're using. Um, Like Stacy said, like Magnum is really, you know, um, amazing right now, so we're kind of on a kick with that. But uh, season them very heavily, 275, and just let them ride. Um, In the pit barrel, it could take about three hours. Hours on a pellet smoker, it could take four to five hours at that 275 temp, and um, you can try to temp them with your uh, with your uh, thermopen or something like that. They're difficult to temp because if you hit a bone, you get a bad temperature. Yeah. Um, but a, a, a good trick, and you kind of just get have to get a feel for them, is if you grab them in the center and lift up, and both the sides still stay flat down. It once they start to get nice and bendy on you, that's kind of a good checking point um, for when they're done. So when it starts kind of arcing, when you pick it up from the center? Yeah, they're not stiff on you. When you go to pick up at the center, if if they all pick up off the bottom there, then then they're still too stiff. You need them to get a little bit more tender. So uh, leave them on for a little bit longer. Well, I think when people are starting out and they're... you know, attempting ribs for the first time. I know a lot of people go straight to the three, two, one ribs. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. You, you want to break it down, Joel? You've done this quite a bit. I think, I think you actually taught a class on it one time. One time I did. I did. <laughs> I, I hired, I, I hired this jabroni to help me do it. Now, um, so hired. 
I'm still waiting on that check. Maybe I lost in the mail three years ago. How about suckered? <laughs> yeah, that was shit. Yeah, suckered him into it. So I think three, two, one is if you're learning to cook ribs, I think it is a great way to get your feet wet um, when doing so, because you have your, a time method that, you know, mathematically is finishing that rib because you got three hours with just the dry rub on there. You do two hours wrapped in aluminum foil, which you can actually add a little bit of apple juice in there, which will help speed the process up as well. It gives that steaming effect in there with a little Freezing bit of liquid. Yes. And then you, once you, once you do the two, take, after that two hours, you take it out of the aluminum foil, you baste it in your favorite barbecue sauce, and you let it sit there for one more hour and let that sauce really tack up. Nine times out of ten, those ribs are going to be um, just right. They're going to be that tenderness. They're going to be that fall off the bone. You're going to be hard to get them off the rack. That's a great way if you've never cooked ribs to do it because it's going to be that more traditional style, sticky, tacky, you know, saucy rib. Now, we, when you're doing that method, you want to run your smoker at about 220 degrees, very low. If you go too high on that, they'll literally just fall apart on fall apart on you. So if you want to run a little bit higher, cut those times down, but that's about where you want to stay. So actually what I do when I'm doing 3-2-1 method, the first three hours that I'm doing it with straight the uh, dry rub, I put it at um, 160 for the first three hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then... When I'm wrapping it, I bump that up to 225 for the remainder yeah. of the cook. And then after that's a good way to get some smoke in there for sure. It gives it a heavier smoke in the front end. And then typically once we get to that last hour when we're we're mopping on like a little bit of sauce on top of that, um, 45 minutes to an hour. It really just kind of depends, you know, like if it's really starting to fall apart and the bones are protruding past the mm-hmm. meat, then we're pulling them off 30 minutes, 45 minutes into that one hour of the three, two, one. And I, and I think that is the good point. You, you, your eyes are going to be your best uh, temperature gauge. When those, when you see that in the meat pulling back and you see those teeth coming out of the side of the rib, that's a good to time. start smiling at you. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. when, that's yeah. when you know you're doing a good job. Everyone has their own plate, their own flavor profiles, and their own palates and stuff. Like, there's a lot of ways to do ribs right. You know, that's true. Um, that's true. Nothing's perfect and stuff. I mean, like, you know, Matt has award-winning ribs, and me and him cook the ribs the same way, and and you don't. So, I mean, that says something. <laughs> uh. Okay. Okay. Well, basically, so this kind of like in a nutshell is super confusing. Takeaway is there's a thousand different ways that you can do it. You can take from here, binder, no binder, wrap, don't wrap, add juice, spritz, yep. dry rub, sauce, whatever. Um, that can be kind of confusing. Um, be on the lookout. We all plan to do a rib cook at some point, and we will be putting out specific directions on a rib shootout. If a, you will. a rib shootout um, with specific directions so that if you want any of these different methods, we're going to tell you how to do it. You don't have to pick and grab and, and try to choose as to what to do. So, well, well the piggyback off of that is to say that you're not going to know your favorite way unless you get out there and you freaking do it. You know, th- everything we've been talking about on this entire episode until you get out there and try it yourself. You're not going to know. And one thing that I did is I got stuck in one method for a while. And until I branched out into others, um, I didn't realize how awesome and how versatile ribs are. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
we had mentioned earlier that you and I had taught a rib class at an event one year. Um, I remember very clearly a guy asking us some questions and, the, and then the next year we taught another class on something completely different. And he came to me asking me about ribs. He's like, my ribs aren't any good. You know, I'm using this method. Da, 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 da. I was like, you've had bad ribs for a year and you haven't changed anything. Like do something <laughs> different, man. Like change your times, change your temps, like use different methods. Like it's, it's a learning process. Yeah. Like three, two, one is a guide. It's, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a windy day where you're, where you're, smokers shooting up more heat and it's going to make them bad. You know, you have to work with the elements. You have to, you know, figure out what's the best thing for you in that certain environment. Yeah. And we're all here too. So feel free to shoot any of us a DM on Instagram, you know, at the kitchen white law at barbecue at that reload life and at reload rub. Um, I know these guys are always willing to help and help walk through and give some directions. hundred percent. Jeremy, I remember that guy too. I remember him. He (laughs) he was kind of like a super fan. It was kind of (laughs) nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that we should take a break when we come back. I know Jeremy's got some awesome rapid fire questions for us. Let's do it. See you on the other side. Welcome back, guys. We're going to jump right into the rapid fire questions. All right, guys, we got some short answer. We got some long answer. We got just a bunch of questions. So we're going to go Matt, Stacy, Joel. First question. How do you spell the word barbecue, Matt? Uh, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E. Stacy. Same. Same. C. Joel. <laughs> BBQ. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was expecting. <laughs> All right, next question. Not including salt, pepper, or garlic, what is your favorite herb or spice to put on barbecue? Matt. Smoked paprika. Stacy. Chili powder. Shit. Okay. It's shit? Wow. Like human? <laughs> No, this seems gross. <laughs> All right, I guess that leads us to our next question. It's a little nutty. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I will say, does brown sugar count as a spice? Sure. There you go. Brown sugar. Brown sugar. Brown sugar. Brown cow. All right, Joel, staying with the brown stuff. Oh. All right. Next question: Liquid smoke, abomination or blessing? Matt. Oh man. That's a good question. That's a good question. I think used correctly, it can be a blessing. Okay. Stacy. Yeah, I'm wondering what the application is. Um, what application you want? We personally don't use it. Well, we're talking about damn ribs, so let's go there. No. Abomination? Abomination. Joel? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw it under the bus here. I'm, I'm, I've used it. Um, rabbit hole, here it comes. Used in sauce is different. No, me and my brother. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I use it in sauce. I don't okay. want people to think I'm making crock pot barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> used in sauce is different. Okay, okay, that's different. Wait, you can just cold smoke your sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you can punch it. Um, <laughs> the, 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 uh, uh, me and my brother, we killed two wild boars one time, and then we had a big, had a bunch of people over, and we used liquid smoke to uh, make ribs in the oven like Mr. Wiseman did not turn out well at all. 
It was horrible. And so yeah. I'm throwing liquid smoke out the damn door. <laughs> All right. What is your go-to smoking temperature, Matt? 225. Stacy. 225. Joel. 223 and a half. <laughs> Man. Of course. There's a 225ers in here. Jeremy, would you say you don't have a go-to temperature since you're I, using the pit barrel? No, I do. And the pit barrel naturally runs at 275. So when I'm using my pellet smoker, 275. Yep. Nice. I've noticed. Yeah. All right. What is the first barbecue f- food you have fed or will feed your child? Matt. Mm, probably pulled pork. That just seems like par for the course. That's you. Stacy. The first thing we ever fed them was pulled barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Pulled, pulled barbecue. barbecue. What is that? Like something yeah. you buy in a jar at the store? Shut up. <laughs> pulled pork. Pulled barbecue. <laughs> pulled pork. But there we go. Now they're like have wings. Pork. I can't talk. Pork butt. Poor Joel. We pulled. We pulled the pork butt. We ate it. We fed it to our kids. Uh, just for reference, mine was uh, candied bacon. I gave my kids first, but oh, their first, re- their first real food. Of course, yeah, come on. It would no, no. It, it was smoked on the smoker. Barbecue, just like we did at the uh, egg fest. Next, all right. After wrapping your meat, <laughs> finishing barbecue in the oven. Faux pas, Matt. No, Stacy. No, Joel. Yes. I mean, like, to, to me, what are you doing? I mean, like, it's, it's, if you're going to, why are you going to move it from one vessel to the other unless it's an emergency? Unless it's an emergency. It's a waste of fuel. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I did that 24-hour brisket a couple of weeks ago, and I did 12 hours on the smoker and then wrapped it and did 12 hours in the oven. That was the only way I was able to get that done. Otherwise... I would have run myself out of pellets. Did you put it in a Did you put it in a deep dish? Uh, I actually, yes, I put it on a tray, and then I put two trays underneath it to catch anything that leaked. Because out. the reason I say this is when we did um, um, the backpacks of barbecue um, for the Emerald Youth Foundation here downtown Knoxville, mm-hmm. I had to finish a bunch of pork butts in my oven, and I about set that mother fricker on fire. Uh, mm-hmm. with how much grease was coming out of there. And I tried to catch it, but I didn't have... Uh, the pans weren't getting it all. Well, um, you made like a dozen pork butts that night, six, didn't you, or something? 16. 16. 16, yeah. Yeah. That's not... But what I'm getting <laughs> You're at, not supposed to put 16 pork butts in, in, in a residential oven. Well, no, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't 16 in the oven. <laughs> I wish was, we could fit that I, much in there. I had one of my smokers that just wasn't keeping up. And I, and, yeah. and I had to finish it up in there, so... To me, if you're going to have it in one vessel, just keep it in that freaking vessel and, and call it a day. But I'm thinking pork butts. I'm not thinking like brisket or ribs or things like that. So. Cool. All right, guys. Least favorite barbecue dish, main or side? Matt. Oh, my goodness. I love them all. Uh, I would say... Oh. You're at a buffet. Everything you could possibly imagine is lined up in front of you. What are you not grabbing? In a situation where everything's available to me, I'm not taking coleslaw. I'm going to leave coleslaw there. Stacy? Baked beans. What? Baked beans are so good. They're delicious. But if I had to choose and I had to like Sophie's choice, one had to go away, it would be baked beans. You're taking coleslaw over baked beans. I'm taking. You need to have my coleslaw. 
That's that's the difference. I'm telling you. That's the difference. I'm gonna shitty, make you some coleslaw. Shitty coleslaw okay. is pretty shitty. Um, you gotta have that that Jeremy. vinegary, savory crunch added with your with your ribs or your pulled pork. Stacy or Joel. <laughs> well, Stacy, finish up, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> My so main or side, right? Main or side, whatever. Uh, I'm going to not take any barbecue chicken. Really? Yeah. I'm not gonna take any barbecue chicken. It's just never been a big thing for me. I like, I love chicken, fried chicken. I like, you know, freaking uh, fried chicken. Chicken wings. <laughs> Hold on now, like no. when we got pasture birds and we did pasture bird, you guys barbecued your chicken. You smoked it on there. Are good. you saying like that wasn't any good to you? No, no, it's good. But you're talking about if I could, if, if I got the buffet in front of me. You got brisket. You got pulled pork ribs. I got, I got all dogs. the barbecue things in front of me. Hot dogs. Wait a second. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> hot dogs are not in this equation. <laughs> But no, if I got coleslaw, baked beans, pulled pork, I got ribs, I got spare ribs, I got brisket, all that stuff in front of me, and then I got barbecued chicken. Ah, chicken, I don't want it. I know another one of yours. What? Corn on the cob. That's true. I can throw it out the yeah, window. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't consider that. If, if, if corn on the cob's there, that's the thing that can go. Yeah, but that's kind of- Well, just kind of just the thing that pops into your mind, so. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah but, so, but for me, barbecue chicken is kind of lackluster for me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And Jeremy? Don't you say deviled you, eggs. You've not answered a damn one. Let's go. <laughs> you better not say deviled <laughs> eggs, Matt. No, pork belly burnt ends. I could I could care less for them. They're really? A huge crowd, they're a huge crowd pleaser. People love them. I've made them a bunch of times. Um, I eat one and I'm like, meh. Oh, I love them. I what can't about, wait, what about I can't wait to cut you out saying that and putting it at the beginning of the show. Hang I on. can't wait. What <laughs> about brisket burnt ends? But this goes, Make sure you add the meh in there. Meh. <laughs> but this goes back to, I want to bring this back to the front of the show where you were talking about, would you rather have a pork chop or would you rather have some pork belly in the rib category? Right. Come on, man. You're contradicting yourself. I didn't say pork belly. I said pork belly burnt ends. <laughs> Joel is making a lewd gesture toward me right now. <laughs> I think we found Jeremy's new shirt. It needs to say meh, M-E-H, period. Yeah, like yeah. this, like this, eh. Uh, that, that sums him up pretty good. Meh. I think if you're having something that is pork belly related, it needs to have a certain level of crispiness to it. And when you have burnt ends, you just don't get that really crispiness that you get from bacon or from searing some pork belly that's been braised or, you know, something along those lines. Um, and, and that's like the, my favorite part of it and it's missing. So to me, it's like, ah, that could be just better. I'm with you on that. Some of the burn ins that I've had in the past, I've kind of been like, oh, like jelloey chewy and stuff even even if you know they're cooked to temperature like whenever i'm making mine I, I always have one that's bigger that i put my probe into and i can measure temperatures and that's kind of like my um you know the one that i measure and stuff but um you know people love them they go nuts for them they're a real cr crowd pleaser but you know i would rather i would rather have barbecue chicken over them wow i feel like i don't even know you jeremy I feel like you don't even know me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, moving into our final question of the night. Blood rub the greatest seasoning of all time. Matthew Farbertrager. I don't know. I mean, we talked about that earlier. Mm. Um, of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> all right, Stacey. Blood rub is your favorite. I mean, reload rub. 
She has nothing funny to say. I can't choose a favorite. That's like choosing a favorite child. It's Meh. pizza flavor, isn't it? It's the pizza seasoning. That's yeah. your favorite. Yeah. The pizza oh. seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> no, he has a cheese seasoning. We have a very good macaroni blend that's coming out soon. Wait, wait. How would you need cheese <laughs> seasoning? Eat some cheese. <laughs> Vegan. Vegan. It's made oh. with almond. I gotta. I have a stitch. Ooh, that was good. Okay. That was a good one. Was that good enough? I said that was a good one. All right. Good luck. All right. All right, guys. To the end of that segment. Okay. And at the end of that segment, we're going to roll straight into another segment, which is where we recommend things to you. And it's called Reload Recommendations. Recommendations from Reload. Yeah. So good. Best intro yet. <laughs> Why are you encouraging this? Can you save it and like use it on all of them? That'd be great. Yeah. No, no. You got to yeah. do it new every time because you just keep getting better and better. <laughs> Stacy's over here hating her, hating her life right now. All right, who's going first? <laughs> All right, so here on this on this segment of Reload Recommendations, we're going to recommend things to you that we love. It could be movies, it could be drinks, it could be food, it could be a new knickknack that we found in a damn alley in the street. We're going to start off with the one, the only, Jeremy Kitchen Whitelaw. Man, you made me start every single time. Every time! Um, a recap from last week. I recommended Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, it was it was kind of made fun of by Stacy, but I'll have you know that that is now the number one show on all of Netflix. I have, so can I ask my, you, my recommendations hold a lot of weight? Can I ask you a, a question, okay. Broski? Mm-hmm. So I watched that show when I was younger and never. Mm-hmm. Got, it was like, have you ever seen Samurai Jack? Yeah. Okay. You know how Samurai Jack never had an ending until here recently, about a year ago. I didn't follow it that closely, but okay. Okay. Anyways, there was never an ending to Avatar. Was the, did they sum it up? Was there? Did they actually? No, 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 no. Um, it was originally planned as a three se- uh, as hang a on, three season on, series. What? This is this is a show about grilling and like guns and stuff. We can't go down that like an anime rabbit trail. <laughs> um, it's an American made show. It's not anime, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's America, America. Pull your britches, okay? America. America. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, so it, it was originally planned as a three-season si- series, and they did all three seasons. It, it, it had an ending. You probably just don't remember because you were younger, because it's a children's show. Um, <laughs> so, so, so your recommendation holds a lot of weight, and now I'm ready for the yeah. next one. Oh, I don't really have a good one this week. No, you, told, right. you, you told us <laughs> you did. You all this time talking about last week's recommendation. <laughs> no, you left us hanging this week. It's a smoke screen. <laughs> okay, so this Watch week's recommendation. Avatar. This week's recommendation I really wanted to do in person. So I'm going to hold on to that one until we're in person because it'll hold a lot more weight. Um, but I have another show to recommend this week. Um, it is on Amazon prime. It's called hunters. It's about, um, uh, these, this group of Jews who hunted Nazis in like the 1970s. And it's loosely based off real life It's really interesting. Al Pacino stars in it. Um, it's a really, really interesting show. Highly recommend it. Holy shit. Okay. All right, Matt. Hunting Nazis. Good. I'll check that out, Jeremy. So mine this week is a show. It comes on Bravo called Top Chef. I don't know if you guys have ever actually watched Top Chef. Yep. It's uh, it's 
it's weird because it's like Julie watches Julie, my wife watches everything on Bravo and I don't watch TV hardly at all, but this is one of the few things that we actually really enjoy watching together. So I will tell you top chef is the reason I got into competitive cooking in uh, in the first place, uh, just because I thought it looked really fun and really interesting. Uh, and it's also a, a cool way to get ideas for new dishes to try out and uh, up your plating game. So check it out. Top chef on Bravo. I like it. Miss Stacy, hit us. All right. So my recommendation for this week was um, something based on what our topic was. You know, I know at the end that we talk about after when we do three, two, one ribs, um, we finished the last hour with a barbecue sauce. Yes. Ooh. Now I, I am very picky with my barbecue sauces. Bougie. What I am recommending for a cooking barbecue sauce. So something you want to mop on your ribs. Yeah. Five Monkeys original barbecue sauce. That's right. He's a he's a guy that's a small family owned business out of California, and it's thick, it's sticky, it's sweet, um, and it's perfect for finishing your ribs. I'll say this about this uh, stuff is that it tastes different up front than it does after it's cooked. Yeah, don't judge it from the bottle. Throw it on your ribs, let it cook, tack up on there. Delicious. You got to give him a try. Excellent recommendation there, Stacy. Thank you, Joel. You're welcome. Almost as good as mine from last week. Almost. I think when we get off here, I'm going to watch me some Avatar. Now, <laughs> it, it, it holds up. <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation to all of you folks is that you subscribe to the Reload Podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, you subscribe to oh, that. Oh, you didn't think of a recommendation. So I got one. Decided. Don't worry. You, but you subscribe to that Reload Podcast so you don't look like a total douche when everyone's talking about the episode and you haven't listened yet. But if you are subscribed, or if you are subscribed already, rather, you uh, download the Babbel app. Have, I am currently uh, learning Spanish, and uh, I have found that this uh, the Babbel app is a great way to learn Spanish. I'm sounding very commercially right now. Yeah, this is not a commercial. Like, like this it's is a, something like, he just decided like on his a, own. Like it's an effing. Like you an getting paid for this? Like he, he told me sponsor. I need to, he he I know. I I like got in that zone and I couldn't get out of it. It was really. <laughs> he really, told me I needed to start calling him Poppy. Yeah, hey, mm. only in the bedroom, honey. But no, <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, I did download this this app called uh, Babbel, and I think I paid for the when I paid for the subscription for three months. It was like twenty five bucks. Um, but the way it's teaching me Spanish is uh, is super easy and very. Um, they're not teaching you like they're teaching you like real words, like real conversation, that kind of stuff. Conversational so, phrases. And yeah, things. so it's it's been pretty cool. So. We'll are, are you doing that because of the Cinco de Mayo episode we did? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing that because I've always wanted to learn Spanish and it pertains to my job. And I do when we when we do like going to Mexico. So when we go, I want to talk to the peoples, the native tongue. That's cool. So, yeah, I like that guy. Hashtag sponsored. Don't be, don't act impressed, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for this episode of That Reload Podcast. Uh, hope you guys have enjoyed it. Hope you have learned some great, informative things about cooking ribs. Like we said earlier in the podcast, if you have any questions, hit us up. Hit up Jeremy at The Kitchen White Law. Hit up our pit master at Mr. Matt Farr at Barbecue. Hit me up at That Reload Life. I'll probably just refer you to them. And then you can also hit up Miss Stacy at That Reload Wife or at Reload Rub. So that's it, guys, this episode. Hit that subscribe button. Do it. Do it right now so you can listen to this That Reload Life anytime, anywhere. We love you guys. We'll see you 
on the next episode. I swear I'm going to drink that lip right off your face. (laughs) (laughs) I see things out of my perips very easily. Bye, guys. We'll see y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. Okay, what, if, what if we made koozies that just had Troy <laughs> Palomalu's hair on one side of it? Just like the hair. This is Levels, Levels. And a hockey stick yeah, on the and other. And a golf club, yeah. yeah and golf the other club, side yeah. just says Levels, Levels. That's perfect. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's it's like the ultimate inside joke koozie. That's hilarious. So do you want me to jump back in or how do you want me to come in, Matt? Go back to your story. Yeah, back hold, to the hold, hold on. It's Troy Palomalo's hair with a thought bubble that says levels, levels. <laughs> need to work it all with into like yes. one, one. No face. Yeah. Just a cut out of his hair. That's it. Yeah. Exactly yeah. what he said. Fagua. Fa- Fagua. 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 Frog legs. Feel is as soon as it comes out of the vagina, you cut its throat and you slap it on some bread. But when you think you're eating lamb, I thought I was eating like full grown. It's terrible. I'm sorry. Texas toast. (laughs) That's a sheep. (laughs) Texas toast. What in the heck? <laughs> Texas toast. Its bones are bar- barely developed. They just spread that shit on. Oh. <laughs> with, a, with a butter knife on some toast. Terrible. <laughs> you guys and your baby back ribs. You, you, you go to Chili's to get them too? Damn straight we do. I almost brought Chili's up. I almost Chili's. did it. Oh, I wish you would have. We could baby all, back, baby back. Have, I want my baby, baby back. Baby back, baby back, baby back. Barbecue sauce. Baby Chili's baby back ribs. Barbecue sauce. Y'all are disgusting. Nipples come in all sizes. Well, are, they, are, they, are they nipple? Are they nipple sized dicks or, or are they dick sized? Are they dick sized dicks? I got like a freaking six or eight inch arm hanging off my chest. This is like deciding factor. If I get excited, excited in public, like is my whole shirt gonna like stand up? Like I mean. <laughs> I am going to say I want nipple dicks. Nipple nipple dicks from Joel right here.